0: I look back at that first condo that I bought it really wasn't a great deal I wasn't getting a good return I paid cash for it I hadn't leveraged that money I made all of these mistakes but because I got into that first property it really gave me the energy and the enthusiasm to get into more
1: it's that time of year again tax season how are you doing on tax season how's that treating you so far well, if you have a lot of receipts and you're organizing things like your income and expenses and creating reports, and you're also trying to keep up to date with the new tax reform this year, there's a lot of deductions that we can take to maximize return, and there's a lot of strategies that we need to make sure we're aware of. Are you optimizing for the new tax laws? Well, our sponsor, Stessa, teamed up with the top real estate CPAs to offer you the ultimate rental property tax guide. And I've read it. This is the ultimate rental property tax guide. I'm talking about they've got everything covered from opportunity zones to entity selection to establishing a home office, travel expenses, what type of travel expenses are deductible, real estate strategies, tax strategies, capital improvements versus repairs. I mean, this is the ultimate rental property tax guide. And you can get it for free by going to stessa.com forward slash best taxes. You have to sign up for an account, but the account is free. So when you sign up for a free Stessa account, you will get this guide. This is worth its weight in gold for sure. Go to stessa.com, S-T-E-S-S-A.com forward slash best taxes. And when you work with Stessa, Stessa is a tool That helps every rental property owner track, manage, and communicate the performance of our real estate investment. So it's going to save a lot of time during tax season, but then also through the rest of the season as we go and grow our rental portfolio and optimize that. So go to stessa.com slash best taxes. Get that ultimate rental property tax guide. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff. With us today, Chandler David Smith. How you doing, Chandler?
0: Doing great. Good to be here.
1: Yeah. Nice to have you on the show and a little bit about Chandler. He is a real estate investor. He has been one for the last five years. He has invested in 60 doors, six zero doors that gross $300,000 per year. He's based in Idaho Falls, Idaho. And you can say hi to him at his website, ChandlerDavidSmith.com. With that being said, Chandler, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus?
0: Yeah, I started in sales actually knocking doors and I created a great income knocking doors and creating a sales team. And then from there, I needed a place to put my money. And so I looked around and I had a mentor that helped me get into real estate. So I started with a condo and really fell in love with the cash flow that was coming in. And so then it turned into another duplex and then another duplex and then fourplexes and an eightplex. And this last year, I just purchased a 24plex. So It's been a ton of fun and I've really fallen in love with real estate and sales and everything involved.
1: Well, let's talk about it. That's some pretty fun stuff. So you started in sales, knocking on doors. What were you selling?
0: I was actually selling pest control contracts door to door. Of course (laughs) you were. Yes,
1: that would have been my first guess. Okay, pest control contracts. What was the revenue share or how much did you make per contract that you signed up?
0: My commission increased the more that I sold. So my first summer I went out and they said in a 4 month period i could probably make 20 grand if i was average and i ended up selling 459 accounts so your commission starts at 25% but because i sold as many as i did i actually worked all the way up to a 50% commission and each of those contracts were going for somewhere between 500 and 550 dollars per contract so after doing that i came home after cancellation and everything else, I made about ninety-six thousand dollars that first summer.
1: Goodness gracious. Yeah. (laughs) How many how many accounts did you sign up? Four hundred and how many?
0: Four hundred and fifty-nine accounts in a little under four months.
1: Okay. Well what's the secret there? How do you do it?
0: Honestly, I think people put a lot of sales into a natural skill set you're born with, but I honestly believe a good salesman is someone that works harder than anyone else and can stay positive through rejection. And I think that's a big reason that real estate has gone so well for me is those are two things you need to have to be successful in real estate. You need to get through a lot of rejection and you need to have that confidence and that work ethic to find those deals. So I think those are the two biggest traits that have helped me in not only sales, but also real estate.
1: When you say work harder, and thank you for drawing that connection to real estate because that's where I was going with it, but you did the work for me. So (laughs) I appreciate that. On the sales front, because there's such a direct correlation with what we do as real estate investors, I want to just learn a little bit more about this. When you say you're working harder than others, you signed up 459 accounts over a summer. How many homes did you have to visit in order to do that?
0: I was probably knocking close to 300 doors a day. Now, a lot of those doors aren't answering. I would say I got to the point where one out of every seven or eight people that I spoke to. I could get them to buy pest control. So a lot of the work is finding the people that are decision makers and that are home. And it's a ton of time. I think one thing that I teach my reps, because now I've kind of grown into where I manage hundreds of sales reps that are now doing the same thing, but it's all about consistency, but also working just a little bit harder than everyone else. Everyone thinks that I was 10 times the worker. But really, it's that last hour where I was working where other people weren't. Or it's the extra 30 minutes before bed where I was training where others weren't. And I think it's the same with real estate again. It's not these huge things, but it's that little extra effort at the end, that last 5 to 10% that you put in that really can put you ahead.
1: Reminds me of when Tony Robbins talks about lifting weights and doing reps. When you do 10 reps, what rep gets you the strongest and that really strengthens you and it's rep 11. <laughs> it's so true. You said one out of seven or eight that answered the door would buy. Was there any follow through that you had with the other six or seven that did not purchase?
0: I think not necessarily follow through because it's a pretty quick sale. It's not like a schedule an appointment, go back. It's on their front door. But 100%, I think what people don't realize is each one of those seven or eight that I didn't sell There was a good 15 to 20 minute back and forth and answering questions and resolving concerns and pushing through and doing all of that work to not see the end result of selling them. But you just need to remember all of that as part of the process to getting to that one sale.
1: Mm, Every no leads you closer to a yes, right? Definitely. (laughs) Okay. That's very helpful. Okay. So you started out with a condo then a duplex, then a duplex, then a fourplex, then an eightplex, and recently a 24plex. Were you using new money for each of these properties, or were you doing a different strategy that you rolled one from another to another?
0: You know, it's funny that you asked that because I, I have since learned lots of strategies. And last year I bought another fourplex by doing a 1031 exchange using money from a single family home that I had. So I've definitely gotten more creative as time has gone on. But if I'm honest with you, most of my properties have been just because I've saved that money that I got from selling pest control door-to-door rather than doing something else with it. And I think that's a big principle that I really try to live by is I love the concept of living within the means of your passive income. Because all of my properties have gotten to the point where they're cash flowing six figures now, but I didn't live the lifestyle I have now while I was trying to build that. Even though I had an active income that was creating a ton of money for me, I was living with the minimum that I could to still get by and be happy while putting all of the rest of it into real estate. And so for me, I'm unique because I had a job that was paying really well, but I think everyone should kind of view it that way where you don't live outside of your means until your passive income can pay for it.
1: Mm -hmm. So the properties that you own, if you get 60 doors, so profits every year are $300,000 in your pocket from those 60 doors? Did I?
0: No, no. no. So I'm grossing over $300,000, but I'm cash flowing right around a hundred and ten to 120000 every year now.
1: Wow. That's incredible. That's some good stuff. The type of financing you have on these deals, what are you doing with them?
0: On all of my four units or less, I've got 25% down on a 30-year fixed. And obviously, rates have started going up the last little bit, but I jumped in on a lot where rates were great, high fours to fives on a lot of them. And I think I even had some that were a little lower fours, but I got in where there were some great rates to be had on those. On my eight plex, I've got a commercial loan and I've got a balloon payment at 10 years and it's on a 20-year amortization schedule. And I think my rate was slightly higher on that, but I just got an incredible deal because it was one of those where I saw it was in an older gentleman's IRA and he hadn't raised rents forever. So I bought it where it was a decent deal, but within a year, I had all the rents for each unit raised over $100. So I got that to where it was cash flowing extremely well. My last purchase though was actually that 24-plex I got really lucky with that one because it was a seller financing. Mm-hmm. So he ended up giving that to me with a much lower down and did a 20 year fixed Ooh. at a 5% interest rate. So that one has been a blast just because you don't find deals like that a lot, but he wanted to have consistent income coming in because now he's retired. And the 20 year I had to push for, because he told me, he's like, I don't know that I'm going to be around that long. Yeah. We were able to put it together, and so that's been really exciting because on those bigger properties, I love getting into them. The only thing that makes me a little nervous is when that rate does change every five years, and it's it's hard to get a loan on those without a situation like that. So that's been my situation with all of them.
1: Is that 20-year fix amortized over 20 years as well, so it'll be paid off at 20?
0: It is. So I don't have the rates changing every five years. I don't have any of that. It's just a 20-year fix, so it's awesome.
1: How'd you find the eightplex that had the pretty good value add?
0: There probably aren't a lot of people that know about it, but in Rexburg, Idaho, there is a university that's owned by a church and they had come in and I saw that they were building and so I felt it was good, but they had come in and said that they were going to be building a lot and adding a lot of students. And this property was actually in a gentleman's IRA. And so he really just hadn't been looking at it. So when I looked at the numbers-
1: How'd you find it though? You-
0: It was just on the MLS, believe it or not. Okay, got it, okay. Yeah, and when I looked at the numbers, I really wasn't super excited just because it looked like a mediocre deal. But when I called on it, his whole pitch was, hey, check this out. There's actually a 40 person wait list. So you never have to worry about vacancy. And anytime anyone says something like that to me, my first thing is, all right, we've got tons of room to move rents. And so I went over to the property- and the bedrooms were just ginormous. This was one of the biggest two-bedroom apartments in the whole town. And I could tell that it was really was in good shape and that the rents were just way low. So once I found that, I knew it was good and jumped on it. But then I also got a lot of luck with the next couple of years with the school exploding. So in that first year, I had them raised over $100. But these units were at 550 And now it's three, four years down the road, all of my rents are right around 700 to 750 Oh. So it's just blown up the last little bit because of that growth as well.
1: What'd you buy it for?
0: I bought it for 420000
1: And what's it worth now, would you say?
0: With those rents, I'm guessing I could at least sell it for over a million.
1: Yeah, it's a significant rent increase. For sure.
0: And that's the thing is with that, that has been one of my funnest ones to watch the appreciation on it just because I bought it smart. But. With what that city's doing, not only now have the rents gone up like crazy, but a lot of investors have come in. So when they were buying a five to seven cap, you've got investors now that are coming in and they're happy with a three to four cap, which to me seems crazy. But if I could sell it at that, when it does come time, it's going to be awesome.
1: What town in Idaho are people buying at a three cap?
0: In Rexburg, Idaho. There are just tons of new developments and all kinds of stuff going in. And if you look at it, it's absolutely absurd what people are pouring money in for the return that they're getting.
1: Hmm. R-E-X-B-U-R-G, Idaho, population 25,000. Yeah, (laughs)
0: and growing fastly.
1: And growing fastly. The 24plex, seller financing, what'd you buy that for?
0: I bought that for 1.2
1: million. And it's seller financing, so you didn't use a bank. What's the business plan?
0: For that... (laughs) It's kind of a unique situation because, again, it was a chance to add to the rents, but it actually had a commercial building right next to it. So, with this one, I was doing pretty well cash flow wise without the commercial building, but currently we're renovating the commercial building. So, we're gonna be able to add two two bedroom apartments and a one bedroom apartment. And what's so cool about it is I was cash flowing before adding that and those extra rents. And so that's where I saw a ton of value. Overall, it was still a pretty good deal. But our game plan is just to go in, see if we can't raise all of the rents over the next year, $50 or so on each of the one-bedroom apartments, and then renovate that commercial building to where we can add two two two-bedroom apartments and one one one-bedroom apartment that will hopefully be able to get filled and increase the rents with that as well.
1: And you mentioned it's a commercial building. Did you have to do anything with zoning? It's been a little
0: hairy because we haven't known all of the permits we should change. The reason for it is it had a dwelling in it. So it was set up as a bigger commercial building where someone was living in half and using the other half for their commercial space. And out here in Idaho, maybe we're a little chill than we should be, but we called in and they said, you know what? Honestly, we think you're going to be okay with the changes you're making without pulling a ton of permits. So I think we're still going to pull some permits when it comes to the electrical and the plumbing. And I'm going to have good electricians and plumbers in there doing that. And they've already come in and looked it over. But the transition shouldn't be super crazy on it because they were already having people live in part of it.
1: And why do three more units with the commercial building versus renting it out as a commercial building and having a business come in?
0: The biggest reason we wanted to transition is right now with these units. I think out of the two bedroom apartments, I can probably get 700 to 750 out of both of them. And then on the one bedroom, I'm probably going to be able to push 600, 650, just because it's much bigger and it's a good little space, especially after we're renovating them and making them new. Where if I would have put a commercial tenant in there, I probably would have spent similar to the same amount. But I think I was probably topping out probably 1400 1500 if mm-hmm. that, on what I'd be able to bring in and rent. So if I'm going to spend the same and I can get tenants in there, three tenants, that's going to up my cash flows even more, we just prefer to do that. The other thing is, is I'm really comfortable with that. I know what I need to do, where if I'm honest with you, if I was going to renovate a commercial space to try and get people in there, I don't think that I have a knowledge base right now to do it. So, it would have been more work, and everyone I talked to said, "Even if you did, this is probably where you're going to be and so figured, why not do what I know what i'm comfortable with, and what it looks like is going to end up making more money
1: What's a project that's made you the least amount of money or lost money?
0: I would say early on before I got into it, I had a lot of money that I was sitting on before I got into investing, and I did some hard money deals. And on those, I did decent and I never lost money on them. But I think looking back, the risk that I took on some of those deals, I probably should have lost money, if that makes sense. So I think it was tempting to get into that because I heard a somewhat decent interest rate, but I probably wasn't doing things properly on that as I should have. I was just looking to try and make a buck and not doing the research that I should have. And so I would say, That was probably one of the areas that I messed up. And luckily, it didn't bite me as hard as it probably should have.
1: Based on your experience, what's your best real estate investing advice ever?
0: I think the biggest thing I would say is get in as soon as you can. I see so many people, especially reps that work for me now that are making huge incomes, even six-figure incomes in their 20s. And they're blowing the money or sitting on it or, or the nerves get them. I look back at that first condo that I bought, it really wasn't a great deal. I wasn't getting a good return. I paid cash for it. I hadn't leveraged that money. I made all of these mistakes. But because I got into that first property, it really gave me the energy and the enthusiasm to get into more because I saw, holy cow, I'm still getting a rent check every month. This is incredible. So I would tell people, look, get in as soon as you can. And if you make mistakes, That's okay. If you buy a deal that's maybe not as good as what you'll learn to buy, that's okay because it's going to give you that excitement and that enthusiasm to continue to invest and to see the benefit of saving your money and putting it into real estate.
1: We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Stessa is the essential tool for tracking your rental properties, and it's going to save you a tremendous amount of time during tax season. Stessa organizes all of your rental property financials and automatically creates all the reports you need to file your tax return. And Stessa teamed up with the top real estate CPAs to offer you, best ever listeners, the ultimate rental property tax guide to help you maximize your deductions. Get that copy when you sign up for an account. The account's free. So get the copy by going to stessa.com forward slash best taxes. That's S T E S S -S A. .com forward slash best taxes. When it's Friday at 4.30 p.m., it's time for Entrepreneur Drinks podcast, which is co-produced by Joint Ops Properties and Discount Property Investors. Join their end of the work week session as they tackle problems facing entrepreneurs. Listen and subscribe at entrepreneurdrinks.com. That's entrepreneurdrinks.com. Best ever book you've recently read? The Happiness Advantage. What's the best ever deal you've done that we haven't talked about already?
0: One of my duplexes that I bought for $95,000 and right now it's bringing in 1400 in rents every month.
1: What's a mistake you've made on a transaction?
0: I did not look at the agreement properly when it came to closing costs and it was just a stupid thing but I just went through the process but I got taken pretty good on that when I never should have.
1: Best ever way you like to give back?
0: Every year, do a sub for Santa here in the Idaho, Utah area. It's just been super fun to go and see a bunch of different families and kind of provide them with Christmas. So that's been one of my favorites.
1: How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you got going on?
0: If they hop on my website at chandlerdavidsmith.com, they can check out the jobs that I have in the summer sales, or I've done a ton of YouTube videos showing my properties and showing how I've gotten the returns that I have that'd be a great place to look me up and see all that I'm up to.
1: Great stuff. Thank you for talking about your progression starting in sales and then now as a real estate investor. And Congratulations on the 24 Plex with the seller financing. I think I asked you how you found the 8 Plex. How did you find the 24 one? The
0: 24 Plex was actually a pocket listing that one of the realtors I worked with brought to me and he knew I was looking and he just thought it would be the perfect fit for me, so I was super grateful for that connection and that I was the first one he thought of.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks for being on the show. Hope you have the best ever day, and we'll talk to you soon. Hey, thank you so much for your time. When it's Friday at four thirty PM, it's time for Entrepreneur Drinks Podcast, which is co-produced by Joint Ops Properties and Discount Property Investors. Join their end of the work week session as they tackle problems facing entrepreneurs. Listen and subscribe at entrepreneurdrinks.com. That's entrepreneurdrinks.com.